Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous, and the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Commanders, and welcome to episode 449 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Sophia, a Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the wonderful orange Sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our classic Head of Health and Safety, Commander Adler Weiss, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodward. Yeah, my, my arm feels like it's pissed. <laughs> we have our staff liaison officer, Commander Psychit. My arm doesn't feel like it's pissed. Just the rest of you. Nah, I'm good. Okay. And of course, our SRV Banksy, Commander Alec Turner. I'm not quick enough to think of an arm joke. Hello all, it's good to be back. Oh. Right, well, <laughs> um, if you wish... We are hanging out live. Is it you, Alec, that's flying around at the moment? Or is nope. it Chris Mark Four? Nope, I'm guessing it must be Chris. Yeah. Right, well, we have the Chris Mark Four flying about, or um, just generally around Lay Station. Um, Chris is doing a wonderful tech today, so we've got to give him a salute. So you can, you can uh, annoy him in live if you like if you can't get to us in game you can join the twitch chat channel which you can access through laveradio.com slash live click on the live chat or go to twitch.tv slash laveradio or look us up on twitter facebook uh and that's about it really youtube that's i knew there was one i knew there was one i've only been away two weeks so you know sort of leaks away so we'll just check up with everybody around the crew see how they've been and we'll start this time with commander turner Oh, crikey. Hello. Um, Is that a bus I hear that I've just thrown you under? <laughs> I feel like I had so much to talk about. I had things to talk about last week, and then I didn't get to talk about them. Um, I've just seen the new Mission Impossible film. Let's talk about that. It's mm. it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, uh, what a thrill ride, those two hours. I was ready to sit through part two, frankly. I was quite disappointed that it was like end of part one. It's like, come on. 
Oh, is it a two-parter, this mission? It possibly? is. It so is. Oh. is it, it's like Spider-Man, then? Just like, is it like Spider-Man, where they just like stop halfway through the film? No, no, no. It's a good ending. It's, okay, it, it's, okay. it's a resolution. They, they, they do a thing. They, they do a thing that needs doing, and now there's a bigger thing that needs doing in the next one. Okie dokie. But it's great, and the, and I won't give it away. But wow, the final the final sequence on the train is um, is quite something. <laughs> I don't suppose have you seen Indiana Jones two? And what's your view on that? I have. So fun. Yeah, I think I raved about that a few weeks ago. Funnily enough, I um I heard the I heard Mark Commode's review on the new Mission Impossible, and he bloody loved it as well. Actually, mm. which is interesting. And apparently, he went to a. Sp- a press screening where he saw Mission Impossible and Indiana Jones on the same day Ooh. and it was Mission Impossible's fault that he didn't give Indiana Jones such a big <laughs> review because he said after seeing Mission Impossible nothing else was was going to come close but I, I entirely enjoyed Indiana Jones as well thought it was fine yeah um, yes I, I, I'm lacking my uh, <laughs> film going experience at the moment well Mostly. I can definitely things. recommend the Mission Impossible. Uh, in-game, I've been doing all sorts of odd little things, actually. I finally decided to get round to um, installing ED HUD mod. Oh, right. Change my HUD colours. I don't know why I've been putting it off, because it was an absolute piece of piss. I mean, you literally just run the installer, and you're sort of up and running, and you've got a great long list of themes that you can pick from that, that various members of the community have designed, and you, you pick one, and then you tinker with it. And wow, you can change absolutely every single freaking color in the game. I mean, you can change orbit lines, you can change the color and brightness of the night vision effect, you can change the space dust, you can change every panel, every icon. It's almost a bit much. You know what it reminds me of? And I don't know if there there, there may well be other people in the audience that are like me on this, but um, many years ago, I had a very nice car stereo when i got my very first car many many decades ago um and i had a very nice car stereo in the days when you you had speakers on the back shelf and speakers in all the doors and what I, for quadraphonic sound yeah I, I was that kid uh, and i got myself a graphic equalizer and i loved it in fact i'm literally looking at it now i've kept it because it was such a beautiful bit of kit made my pioneer but it was brushed aluminium and it's a gorgeous thing but I was just never happy. I was just constantly thinking, does this sound better? And then tweaking it. And does this sound better? And then before I know it, all the sliders are up to the top and I'm thinking, well, I've done is turn the volume up. And then I'd try and make little arcs and, and I could never decide what I liked. And ED HUDMOD has been a bit of a Pandora's box in a way, because although it is nice to be able to change your colours, once you start, there's there's no end to it. Yeah, I almost wish... Tweaking. Yeah, I almost wish I'd never installed the damn thing now because <laughs> I'm just constantly tinkering with it. But yeah, great little tool. And sorry to go on, but I have another exciting bit of news. Um, okay. Which I, I was actually going to do this on last week's show live, but then we didn't have a show, so I just did it anyway. I have bought myself a MetaQuest 2 in the Prime Day sale. Woohoo! Nice. Which is very, very exciting. Nice. I mean, it's it's not a cutting-edge VR headset or anything like that, but it, it is... From all my reading, it, it, it's the one. If you want a no-brainer headset that's very good and just works, um, MetaQuest 2 seems to be the, the go-to. My old CV1, its um, its headphones don't work anymore, and it's just a faff to set up the base stations. And So, um, yeah, when this dropped in the Prime Day sale, I just thought, ah, oh, screw it, let's get one. Um, yeah. 
I have had precious little time to play with it, to be honest, but um, I have run through the tutorial and I'm very impressed with just little things that from this, from anyone who's got a CV1, it's just so, the fact that you just put it on and it just works without base stations is awesome. Yeah. The I've got that with, I've yeah. got that with the XR Elite, and you just yeah. put it on, and you it just, just all, reads the environment around you, and then that's it. Yeah. Do you know what I really loved? I mean, I love the instructions. It reminds me of, like, IKEA instructions for Flatpak, or, you know, but it's just got three little infographics. It's got, like, um, a picture of the hand controllers with, with a finger sort of pulling out the battery protection strip. Aww with a one on it and then two is a picture of somebody putting the headset on and three is a picture of pressing the power button and, and yeah that's all you need to know and then it's all in the headset and oh, i love stuff like the pass through camera and just drawing out your space and have you, know, you done the using your hand as a controller yes yes i've done the hand tutorial that was bloody amazing as well yeah um, what a clever bit of kit. I can't wait to properly get into it. I've bought myself a wait, these will turn up on Saturday. I got a Kiwi Link cable oh, um, yeah. to play seated VR. I've toed and froed on the whole there's this whole thing of do you get a link cable or do you go with live link? And you can get dedicated uh routers to do live link. It all the live link thing just sounded a bit of a faff, I'm sorry, but um uh you know, the dedicated route is a little bit expensive and you know when you buy a product and it's got pros and cons i didn't understand the pros and cons i mean they were just it was just complete greek to me about what was good about a router and what wasn't good about it and plus i read a load of stuff that if you get a five gigahertz router you basically want line of sight and frankly if i have to sit in front of the computer to get good performance from the router they might as well just plug a fucking cable in was my impression so i (laughs) so i bought a cable and i've got myself a geek vr head strap coming as well which um will kind of, it's got a battery the thing with the quest 2 is it's a bit front heavy so this has got a battery pack on the back as well and it it's just a very nice head strap that it's a lot more comfortable so in the hopefully next week i'll have actually had a chance to play with it have you got the the condoms for your um your hand things as well controllers no no i haven't bought any extras yet i've spent far too much on extras already <laughs> i can be- i can really recommend the the things that basically strap over your hand uh, rather than having to hold them because it just makes it so much it makes them so much more comfortable to use. I tell you one other little thing if anyone's on the fence about this, but and, and is thinking of getting one. One thing that initially I was massively disappointed by. I don't know why I thought this. I just I, mm-hmm. I suppose I hadn't googled enough and I hadn't thought about it. But when I put my Quest Two on and went to my library, you know your your um, store as it were. I was horrified to discover that none of my vast library of Oculus games was in it. And it took me a little bit of frantic Googling to realize, yeah, it's not, it's not compatible. I mean, you can sit at your computer and play those games, but um, if you want to take your Quest 2 on holiday and play all those lovely games that you've accumulated in your Oculus CV1 library, ain't going to work. You're going to have to buy them again. Oh, that's a shame. So I will probably buy beat saber again there's a thing called ah what do they call it um share something i can't remember there's thing a few games work on both there's a couple of things that are cross play or whatever it's yeah cross play cross share share play something like that yeah i think robo recall does which is awesome so i'm glad i can play root but yeah i am going to have to buy beat saber again which is quite annoying actually but hey there you go word of word of warning Um, do you know if the packs are 
if you buy like a song the pack music or packs are fine one. apparently so it's once okay. you, so they're fine they're cross-play because they're the thing they're the things that are actually expensive aren't they i've um, been a bit picky i've got a few i haven't gotten loads mm. but i know you know i was i was looking at the cost of the packs and I'm like okay i would like to do that but i'm not paying five quid for just that song yeah no they're, was they're kind of my my feeling yeah, they're cross-play well i so i so i've read um, i shall let you know okay that's good to know fingers crossed but yeah, lovely bit of kit. Can't wait yeah. to uh, to use it. I have another bit of community news, but I see it's actually in our community news, so I'll I'll wait till then. Excellent. Okay, uh, we'll pop over to uh, Psychit. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Thank you. Um, my, I've seen uh, I've seen you streaming some Elite Dangerous. Things are obviously improving. Yeah. No, it's been it, it's been on and off. Like um, I've obviously not been doing any CG work, but um, I, we've been doing um, been doing a bit of BGS things, which has been quite fun. It's been quite fun to sort of re-familiarise myself with um, with BGS of Elite again, which has been it's been really nice. Um, um, my life for the past I don't know two months. Let's say two months. My life for the past two months at the least has been fully, fully, fully um, occupied with um, Dungeons and Dragons, which is, I mean, I would never complain about things being occupied by Dungeons and Dragons, but um, I've absolutely loved every single second of the prep that I've been doing. But on Sunday, that finally all came to fruition, and we had our first episode of um, Roll for Adventure, went out on Sunday, and... um, I have been on like this um, perpetual high since then. So since since Sunday, I've it's just like it's some kind of like crazy zen that's come entirely over me. Like it, it went out and um, all of the stuff that I've done, so all of the extra bits and the all of the um, After Effects work that I put into it and all of that nonsense that I've really worked hard in like making everything look really pretty and visually stimulating. And then also getting like a, a shit ton of comments about how much of a good DM I am. Uh, and that has that like, that is monitored to my fucking veins. I will eat that. I will um, live on that until the cows come home. I no longer need any other sustenance than praise at my um, dungeon mastering ability. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of like it in the grand scheme of things. Um, my back's still not a hundred percent from when it it went just before the meetup, which I can't believe was only two weeks ago. But um, it went just before the meetup, and I'm still working back up to being the seventy percent that I was at before um, before it went again. Um, but aside from that, doing well. Tyvm, excellent. That that is that's good to hear because we were a bit worried about you when when the back obviously went. So yeah, same. Um, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you more than <laughs> us, but still. Um, right, Ben. Uh, so working... you're no invalid as well. Yeah. Okay. So working working from most recently. Then um, I woke up yesterday morning, and the way I've described it to my doctor is: I'm sober, but my right arm is drunk. Um, what this has on a practical effect is I can't use mice, I can't use keyboards, I can't carry cups of coffee in my right hand. Um, I spoke to multiple doctors and they basically, they think it's probably, it's just, it's just, in inverted commas, a trapped nerve. 
hopefully everything will get better. But at the moment, it's right ball ache. Because, um, you know, I can't use a mice and I have to do that for my day-to-day job. Um, and that's why I'm not in game today as well. Um, oh, lovely. Because, you know, I, I tried... So rolling back a little bit over the weekend, um, I was doing the... Oh, stocking off those twats. Um, and I was, I was hoping to run into Psychid, but she wasn't there. Uh, now, why would I, I be doing that? No, why I, would I, I give hoping, a fuck about I, that, mate? I, I was hoping you were going to be coming along. and it, I, I, Being serious, actually, I was hoping that Operation Witch Hunt would be actively interdicting people. What, there were a fair few, fair few um, people that I was well aware of who were doing... Um, oh, I, I, doing, I, have, like, I wish stuff. I... Yeah, I wish I had been pirated by Operation Witch Hunt... I doubt. I doubt they would have. I doubt they would have. I would have loved. I would have loved the RP of that. Um, Yeah, even though there wasn't a counterfeit, a counter counterpoint CG, I would have loved members of Operation Witch Hunt to come in and you know not be dicks about insta killing me, but oh yeah, yeah, you know, look. I it looks like you're carrying stuff for for those douches. Um, Drop it or die. Yeah, no, we've done. They've and, done that before. They've done that a lot yeah. before. There, there were, there were some other things going on within the PvP. It was bad timing, really. There's been some other mm. things going on within the PvP community that have um, caught a lot of folks' attention. So mm. um, they've been, they've been really, really concentrating on something else currently. So it might not have been as well manned as it usually is. I know a couple of people who were literally sat in open hogging pads because they wanted to try and make as much of a difference as they could. Um, yeah, I, 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 okay, I might have bumped into them then because, you know, when I was like, dude, will you move, please? Nah, um, nah, mate. <laughs> when, I got, when, I got, when I got to places and it was like full, I was like, okay, I'm just, you know, I'll drop into another... I'll, I'll yeah. change modes. There were a couple of folks um, who were pretty dedicated at doing that. I mean... Okay, I, I might have it was always gonna then. it, it um, was always gonna it was all, it would always complete anyway because of the, oh, of um, course the nature will. of it but um uh, yeah but I was like, you know okay <laughs> I, I i was feeling in the mood for doing some bulk trading and okay i mean it's doing some rares so i i went off and i i strapped on my quest and i was doing the rare the three rares run in my vr and you know i was yeah okay i i fully accept i was working for a dickhead but as you say, it was working all the time. So I did spend a couple of hours on Saturday, and then I felt very dirty with like getting messages saying, "You know, you're now allied with people." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I'm, sorry, I'm just never going to live this down." Yikes! Um, I know. Well, allied with Azimuth couldn't be me. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, what I don't get, you know, how the hell did I get allied with Azimuth? I'd never even been to that system before. I had to go. Well, Scan the you place to get you it would in. have had you would have had some kind of relationship because I'm assuming that you've you've managed to get an, a Mimbuni permit or something on those no, lines. I'm not, no, I've, 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 I've never been there before. You might have no, it would not have wouldn't have been there. That system, it's Azimuth specifically. So, um, without going into how how the game yeah. works, um, when the mega ship jumped into that system, Azimuth have a presence within that system. Something's strange happened which has never happened before well i can't remember it ever happening mm-hmm. before when it left the previous system but i might talk about that when we get to the, what happened in the news um yeah. but when it goes into that it, they then have a presence so if you've already built up a 
some kind of relationship with Azimuth as it is, even if you're just neutral oh, or friendly. I, I, it I wouldn't have taken have, a lot of yeah. rares to get to um, get to Ally, to be completely honest. Possibly. Um, They're trying so... to be friends with anyone nowadays. <laughs> they have to be. So, yeah, even I, I you, feel... Ben, even you. Even me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, you know, just ignoring the fact who I was working for, you know, I did have, you know, I had a good couple of hours of fun in VR doing that. Um, I've not, I was going to go and watch Indiana Jones on Saturday. Um, and then I looked outside, I was like, there's no way I'm going out in that. You know, I am not going out in that weather to go and walk a couple of miles to get to the cinema. It's just, you know, like, yeah, I'm just going to stay in and, and play Elite instead. Um, um, oh, it was, it was, it was my birthday on Sunday. Happy birthday. Um, so, so that, 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 that happened. Um, what else have I been up to? I think I think that's that's probably about it. Um, yeah, that's that's probably about everything, really. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. I have I have been in foreign parts. I would while while it has been persisting down round here, mm-hmm. I was in a lovely Lanzarote with forty three degree heat, which is too hot, and uh, uh, yes. Uh, cycling around the island looking for wine, which was uh, a, a a life lesson. I think that that's the best. Why? Way what part of you thought that was a good idea? Well, you see, the thing was that uh, the missus wanted this specific make of wine, and there's only one vineyard that does it. Uh, and I looked out, uh, up on Google Maps, and it said, "Oh, it's only twelve kilometers away." So I went and I hired a bike, and thought that's fine. However, Google Maps doesn't actually tell you. Uh, You're on Lanzarote, the, the place is a volcano. Yes, it, and that was the thing. So, uh, put it this and way. what it, was the temperature? Uh, it was 43 degrees. <clears throat> yeah, yes. you don't want to be cycling up a hill in 43 degrees. Uh, no. it wasn't, I wasn't cycling up a hill in 43 degrees. I was cycling up a mountain in 43 degrees. You <laughs> were <laughs> cycling up a volcano in 43 degrees. And on, the, on, the, on, the plus, on the plus side, you then get to a vineyard and you can neck a bottle of wine and then it's downhill all the way home. <laughs> it, it's funny that. Two and a half hours to actually get there, half an hour to get home. <laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> yeah, so, yes. How much water did you lose cycling there? Uh, I, I left with three litres. I came back with half a litre. <laughs> Yeah, and how much was in your body? Uh, I I don't. Th- I was still dehydrated 0%. at the end. Zero percent. I was very dehydrated at the end of it, but yeah, I did get really. some wine, so that was that was a mission. Oh yeah, that'll do that'll do the job. That'll rehydrate you yeah. perfectly. And at, at least your I, I hope your wife appreciated it. Uh, no, she thought I was an idiot. Well, we all think <laughs> that, but I hope she appreciated you doing it. <laughs> No, so um, yeah, so that's that's one of the things that I learned is uh, don't trust Google Maps. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I learned sure. was the cart carting is fun, and um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the uh, the, phew, the heat. <laughs> They've now got pay as you go in the air conditioning now, so uh, apparently people were just leaving the air conditioning on in all the apartments. So now you've got to pay a euro to get the air conditioning working for and it lasts about 45 minutes so we went through so many euros you had to pay for the air conditioning yes motherfuckers what the shit seems that's, reasonable to me that's actually. abhorrent 
Well, no, because well, they turned around and said, "Listen, the main reason is is what people do is they just take a uh, one of these cards or plastic or a beer mat and shove it into the uh, the electric thing and leave the aircon on when they're out of the building." Oh, so, I yeah. mean, you've got that slot that you have to drop your room card into. To, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what's happening is basically they're looking and they're going, "Why? Why are we coming up with an electricity bill in in the millions here?" And that's because they're running the uh, the the aircon when basically they're running out of power. <laughs> so, nope. Well, that's Wouldn't bad mind. planning on their part, and not and that that like. Were you warned of this before you mo- you 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 nope. went? That, that was a bit of a surprise. That's the abhorrent part. If you if you're not making an informed decision to go somewhere, let's face it, notoriously in June and July, known to be particularly warm. And you're not going out there with the prior knowledge that you will also have to pay for your air conditioning. I think that is terrible. <laughs> I, I'd agree with that. Um, however, even on a holiday, the Wi-Fi was good enough to use GeForce Now to be playing uh, Elite Dangerous on my iPad. So I was still playing Elite Dangerous even though I was out there. I've got uh, confession about what? GeForce Now. Oh god! All other thing. Um, you know, you were talking about Steam Link being really, really great for like playing Elite Dangerous on the go and all of that sort of stuff. That's why I think oh, it yeah. was Ben. Um, sorry for interrupting. Um, it, it Steam Link's great on your phone. It's really, really good. I never play Elite on it, but mm. in the middle of the night when I fancy playing a chapter of Phoenix Wright, it's fucking incredible. It's been really <laughs> fun. So thanks for reminding me that that existed. I appreciate I, I don't it. Suppose, I don't suppose you've tried it over 5G or anything other than being on your network. No, I don't leave the house, okay. Ben. That would involve me leaving the house. <laughs> Well, yeah, I suppose. Okay, worth a try, worth an ask. <laughs> no, uh, and the, and uh, of course, since I've come back, I've, I've reacquainted myself with a with my my proper elite account and uh, uh, put on my XR elite over the weekend. Um, and yeah, had a, had a fantastic fantastic time, except for the problem is that I cannot find any of these revenant missions. For the life of me, it, it's like the Orthrus all over again. I, I mean, I've been. Uh, all the way through all the the blooming um, maelstrom bubbles and stuff like that, not one. You can you can see the um, the uh, the planets with the icons saying, right, this is where we're we're doing the business here, but there's no missions to do the business with. Um, I don't know if I've just been lucky, but I've, the couple of times, few times I've done it, I've just gone to invasion systems and found a a planet, you know, a, a station without a cross through it. This is the problem. There's no invasion systems. All the invasion Doesn't systems... Doesn't have to be invasion systems. Well, this is the thing. I've been trying alert systems. I've been trying... Oh, alert is what systems. I meant, actually. Sorry, I meant alert. Oh, I've been to alert systems. I've been to alert systems through the wazoo. Not a single one. How so on the, on the um, AXI Discord, um, somewhere, I'm not entirely sure exactly where it is, they have a list of... Um, they, they have um, people who go around and take a look at the systems hmm. to see which systems are offering them. And right. they have a list on their Discord somewhere. I cannot remember where it is, but I was I was advised that. So that is third hand information. But but if you rather than a fruitless exercise, maybe maybe ask there. They're pretty pretty hot at letting you know where they are. I will I will see if I can find out where it is though. Oh, I do appreciate it because I did ask on the forums and I got some. Um... The forums are a silly place, Colin. Don't go there. <laughs> They're quiet. I'll say that. 
Um, but the, the uh, yeah, they, they posted a video and I followed the instructions on the video and uh, nope, still no luck. And I was there getting really frustrated. And then I, I thought they'd fixed this one, but I'm still coming across missions to restore the um, uh, restore the power to AXI hitted hit settlements, and I'm still turning up, and they're they're, they're already active. <laughs> so I mean, what do you do when that happens? You just basically take the fine. Uh, at least uh, at least you get a, a a power regulator out of it, which is useful. Yeah, true. So I'm just building up the power regulators for my next en- um, engineered bit. But, uh, yeah. Oh, and I did manage to hit... I, I did hit a, um Odyssey planet when I was in my Horizons account on on the iPad. I thought, well, I'll be able to land there, and then realized I couldn't. That's the first time that's ever happened, and I was there going, huh? <laughs> It was a bit of a shock. Anyway, um, so that well, good grief have we been talking for a while. Uh, let's have a quick look at the development news. Well, so far there's not really been much, but we do know that this week on Thursday, uh, 20th of July at 4 o'clock BST or 15 UTC, um, they are doing the monthly live stream. So we've got Arf and Sally, we assume. Oh! What? Woo! Oh, well, oh! You, you're being happy, right? Yes, I'm being happy. Yay! <laughs> Even I sounded more convincing than that. For Christ's sake! <laughs> what have we been promised for this live stream? I can't remember. Uh, a more information about into... update sixteen. Yes. Cool. So um, we know about the um, the gatherer type Thargoid ship. We know that's certainly in, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was curious to what everybody thought, well, what they hoped the, the mainline feature would be. And personally, I'm hoping that we've got sort of conflict zones on megaships, as in first-person shooter conflict no. zones on megaships. You mean you based on that up. helmet about running around yeah. looking at secret doors? Yeah. yeah. I got, nah, I nah, nah. Well after Christmas. Mm. Oh, you don't, you don't think we'll get that until well after Christmas? Oh, God, no. Oh god! Oh. Like, think about how long they've been talking about um, uh, the elections and stuff, and now we're getting the elections at, like potentially at the end qu- at last quarter. They started talking about those elections well before they started talking about so, tunnels. So nah, are you man. saying the headline feature of update sixteen is elections? Woo! That no, sounds no, 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 no. That's that's um, pretend. That's just something that's on the byway. But um, update sixteen ain't going to involve walking around corridors for sure. It's oh. gonna. It's gonna be. Um, oh, it's, it's gonna be. It, us it's, voting. Gonna, it's gonna be the size. That's the main thing that they'll have in there. Oh, I hope. Oh, I hope it's more than just the size. Probably I mean, a more it... ground missions of some kind involving the revenants as well. Like a, a revenant, revenant settlement raid would make sense to run run alongside a reactivation mission. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Alec? Is there something that you'd hope for? Hmm. Yeah, it's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, the I mean, the only thing with the scythes, I guess, is I'm quite looking forward to an explanation as to why we should care about them siphoning up. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, uh, occupied escape pods. 
Yeah, I must admit that though you could think that the the more occupied escape pods that the sides pick up, that means it increases the Thargoids. Just the way that we sample the Thargoids increases our ratings. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know if you're joking, but yeah, that that could be, couldn't it? I'm I not joking. I, I I do feel that one thing that's that's got to happen at the moment is the Thargoid war has now got to. We're winning at the moment or we're containing and things are becoming normalised, I think they certainly need to up the ante again and it make sounds, it scary again. I've, I've been a bit out of it because of racing and stuff, but it sounds like there's a bit of a stalemate from what I've been hearing. And actually, people that are into their AX combat, ironically, mm-hmm. given we're in the middle of a war with the Thargoids, are struggling to find any. Yeah, that, I mean, I know that the, uh, the Loose Screws, the Loose Screws love their their Thargoid combat, but yeah. um, they've all given up. They've, they've found the consortium homeworld, and they're doing BGS for the consortium. Yeah, it, it's odd, isn't it? There's, there's something <laughs> a bit wrong there. When a group that's really into their AX combat, and we're in the middle of a Thargoid war, and we're in the middle of a series of updates to the game whose entire focus is the Thargoid war, mm-hmm. have got so bored with it that they've gone to do some BGS 10 gazillion light years away. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, yeah, that's I mean, a red flag that maybe you need to I don't know. Do something frontier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got I've got my to do list. I mean, I've still got to to deal with an authoress. I've still got to encounter one of them. I've still got to do uh, one of the revenant missions at least. So that's two. And the third one is to actually get involved in a CG where I can take out glaives because I'm I I'm sick of glaives. I want some payback. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. sick of them interdicting me, so I want to just be able to shoot them for once instead of just running away. Uh, but yeah, it's and I'm, oh, I'm hoping that something turns up with the the Titan as well. But I tell you what, I am looking forward to. I'm looking forward Go to on. lots more bug fixes because they seem to have really been on bug fixes recently and really good ones and digging into some of the old things that really annoy the community. So I'm hoping for a good three or four more juicy. Good well, old bug fixes. Yeah, I hope so because um, normally it, it works along the lines of uh, do the release, uh, get the release working. Then there's a, a dot patch that will fix any problems with the release, and then we get a dot dot patch, which will then fix anything wrong with the dot patch. And if there's any time left over, then they'll take stuff from the uh, from the queue and just bang that on right at the very end. So as, as long as the first two patches are well the release and the pat the first patch are good then i think we've got a good chance of getting some uh, some extra fixes in but if if for some reason something doesn't seem to have, have worked right then well the priority is get the release work you mean they must have had, they must got, they must have some bug fixes already in the pipeline though surely oh yeah Ooh, i hope so uh, they i hope so they must do the world because it takes different devs to do different things, and there'll be different devs working on on things that are basically bug fixes and not the new features. Mm. Mm. So you know there will be there will be bug fixes in there. Or quality of life, Alec. Yeah, sorry, Ooh. quality of life. Oh, that, that's triggered him. Right. <laughs> um, what about you, Ben? Is there something there that you would really like? I don't say ship interiors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just thinking actually of some. I know what I would really like would be something... A left-handed joystick? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, my, I could configure my joystick to be left-handed, but no, that's not... Ranger out the cockpit. 
Um, what I would like would be some features that have got absolutely nothing to do with the Thargoids, just to give people who aren't into the AX something this year. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, but I've been, while you lot have been talking, I've been trying to rack my brain thinking, what non Thargoid but new feature would I like to see? And right. I mean, there's, there's the obvious, and I've, I've been struggling because, I mean, there's the obvious things like the, oh, the Postman Patch Simulator rework and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we're going to get that. So I and I don't no, really no. want that. No, um, we won't hear about that until the end of the year. Yeah. I I think I would love to see some new new exploration things, um, but I, I'm trying to think what what things could Frontier do to oh I know to re to to excite the the you know the the community who goes out into black and looking for things. Yeah, I, 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 well, first, there's two things that I would like to see. Uh, first mm-hmm. thing uh, is basically the, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the planetary scanner where you it yeah. comes back and it just comes back with this horrible. Oh um, god, yeah, it's atrocious. Yeah, it, it's atrocious because when you flip between science mode and combat mode, in combat mode, yes. the planets look amazing. They yeah, really do. Yeah, the heat map's now. horrible. Yeah, but when you switch, well, the, it's not really a heat map. It's a no, I, I use heat map yeah. because that's kind yeah. of what people call it. But it used to be a heat map of sorts. Yeah, I'd, I'd love them to be able to put that heat map back in. Um, if you see what I mean, but I, also I know people... what I would like. Actually, I, I think I, yeah, mm-hmm. I would love them to give us the ability to actually land on volcanic worlds. Oh, that'd be a lot of work, though, wouldn't it? I, I don't know how much work it would actually be. I, I this is you know you need some form of lava things and hot stuff, mm-hmm. but what I don't know what else you need. So basically, you want the floor is lava in Elite Dangerous. I something like that. I think, and then you tie that in with other things, uh, you know, because we were we've been told we're going to get these lava things since Horizons dropped. Yes, they, they said we'll be um, working on other planetary types when we can. So if if they've been looking at this kind of thing a bit like they were looking at the scarab, say, mm-hmm. not the scarab, the scorpion, um, and if they've been playing with that in the background, maybe it's something they've had sitting there ready to go-ish and just needs a little push, that would be a lovely, lovely thing. I'm trying to think, I'm, something that isn't Thargoid Combat related, basically. Mm. As a, I mean, as a real feature, yeah. I mean, I'd love a looking for wing function. You know, you've got you've got looking for crew for for multi crew, but I think a looking for wing function where you could help people meet up and and wing up in the game would would be great. I think it, you've got looking System for group. chat global global chat and Discord. Yeah, but oh, it's it's just um, you've got looking for group in every single other MMO. And it's just blindingly obvious that this game needs it in order because we all know when it goes multiplayer, if you're in with a good group, it's, it it elevates oh, yeah. the game. Yeah. So you know. But I mean, I, I'm saying this nicely. I don't, you know, I don't think the game lends itself that well to a lot of multiplayer. Yeah, but um, if you're only looking for, you know, four people or a group of, you yeah. know, 
a wing, looking for wing, if you like, then I must admit it 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 does the job. Well, it would need. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess whenever I've done things, it's always it's always either been an ad hoc group mm. where I've got into a I'm in a war zone and like I see there's a bunch of other people in the war zone, so like, hey, let's group up and we'll do that. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad idea. I just, I'm just trying to think if it's a, if it's something that I could see. I, I don't see the need for it. Is basically my personal feeling. Yeah, um, uh, Commander Turkarov has has asked a question in the chat room. He sort of says, uh, "Do you think we'll ever get any more planetary types now that Doctor K's left?" Obviously, I she was a lead render person, so yeah, it's it, she, she. Yeah, well, she. Well, well, she was 100% the person, one of the people who was instrumental in creating the Stellar Forge. There's no reason why there wouldn't be somebody else who is able to um, help implement and um, add code to the, the code that already exists. Yeah, I would say not because Kay has left. Genius, though she may be. There are, there are more than one genius in the world mm-hmm. that can do this kind of thing. But uh, personally, no, I don't think so. What, you don't think we're going to get any other planet types ever? No. Oh. Do you agree with what Terakov is saying about Frontier's focus changing? I feel like Elite is winding down a tad, personally. And I think those big ticket items, I am not expecting any of them. There you go. There's Bombshell. And on that Bombshell, good night, folks. Thanks (laughs) for joining us. It's been fun. No, I don't. I don't think we'll get many more planet types. Well, that's killed the conversation. That's, that's I mean, down on it, isn't it? I mean, there's, no, there's nothing that you can say to that, is there? Other than no, yeah. well, no, that, that, that's fucking stupid. I don't think. I don't um, think that that's the case at all. But you know, I was oh, going to try and be nice. That's all right. No, it's all right. You can. I, I mean, mate. I don't think it's a dead game, but I just don't think we will get new planet types. No, I disagree. That's that's cool. I hope you're right. It would be a, it would be a, I must admit, I, I will be a very pleasant surprise if we do. I'm hoping we do. It's just, you can see that what they're focusing on at the moment is basically the Thargoid War. So we won't yeah, see anything new until after the Thargoid War is finished. I just, I just think that, you know, they need to remember there's, there's more of an audience there other than people who are doing Thargoid combat. Yes, they do. I, I suppose. I, I suppose one thing is, I feel they're very focused on. Okay, I mean, the, the current Thargoid War is maybe a one-off, and they may go back to doing other things. But it mm. seems very focused on specific gameplay. You know, a, a, very much a thing to do, and the kind of ticket items which are not specific things to do, like ship interiors and new planets, and dare I say it, new spaceships in a spaceship game. Yeah. They 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 don't seem to be very interested in doing those sort of things anymore. If it if it ain't gameplay, if it ain't got a purpose and a function, and if they can't tie a story to it, they don't seem interested in just generally making the immersion or whatever you want to call it, the the atmosphere, the feel, the look of the game. They they don't seem interested in doing that kind of work anymore. No, I'm I'm I'm. So what what kind of? I think if you have a new spaceship, then it has to have a reason reason to be. So what you know? What itches do you think? The, the ships in game for me i mean I, I i don't need i've spoke about this in the past but i mean i don't need ships to fill niches i mean you go out on our streets and you look at the number of four-door hatchbacks yeah true but, you know you're 
you're not going to say you only need one four-door hatchback. People have different tastes. You know, the, the, there's an infinite number of ships you can make that would look different and people would buy. So, yeah, there's... Yeah, the, it's it, it's a bit like the it's a bit like the ship interiors argument. Well, it's very different, but it's kind of like you can have this very pragmatic. Oh, there's an, unless there's a reason we're not going to do it, and that's where I feel Frontier are coming at. And there's another way of looking at it, was is well, your reason is you're just making the universe richer and more interesting, and people will find mm. the gameplay and they'll they'll just enjoy the game more. And Frontier really give, don't seem interested. Give us, in give us more Lego blocks. Didn't yeah. we have a like like this year we had four episodes where we talked solely about ships right yeah we have yeah. Like, i feel like i'm living in some kind of strange fever dream so yeah. didn't we come to the conclusion at the end of that we did that we didn't need any extra ships uh well the wasn't thing was, that the conclusion that we all came to correct me if i'm wrong by all means but we because i mean i didn't because i made the point i've just made but if you if you look at it from a purely functional point of view you know the yeah all the rules are, are covered slots are all filled we've got a van we've got a four-door hatchback we've got a mini <laughs> we've got a sports car job done no more cars needed thank you i don't yeah but chris is saying you need to go through all the ships yet again and just double check <laughs> oh we are not oh, can we doing not? that Jesus fucking please no <laughs> i don't want to look at one horrible frontier uh... first encounters model ever again <laughs> well mo- Horrible by today's standards, let's put it I, that I way. will admit, I mean, if I was to see a four-door hatchback by some, other, I'd be surprised. By, by some other by some other manufacturer or something like that, I wouldn't exactly be all upset about it. Um, no. I mean, of course, actually, the it, other... If it, if it looks cool, you know, you, I don't know, let's say you had an anaconda that was exactly the same stats as an anaconda but looked cooler, then it'd be, you know, it'd maybe, maybe that would be a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, the Imperial Explorer with the three nacelles. Yes, that would be great. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the, I think the main issue for that is obviously if they do put no ships in, that means no more ship skins, and um, more ship um, skins means money. Yeah, but would it would it pay 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 enough to for developing it? I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, it, it definitely would. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll leave that for the moment. I think. Uh, what we're going to do, if it's all right, we'll take a quick uh, ad break, and then we'll come back with some uh, of the community news of what people have been up to. Protecting settlements from villainous scum, it's Settlement Patrol Man. The action figure every child wants. Wearing the all-new Manticore Dominator suit with light-up jump assist thrusters. Press his backpack to hear Settlement Patrol Man speak. Not seen you around here before, Commander. Is that a Karma P-15 in your pocket, or are you just pleased to see me? Hey, don't point that at me. When a warm sound Settlement Patrol Man rides into action in his surface reconnaissance vehicle with pop-up turret and glow-in-the-dark wheel trims. Settlement Patrol Man. Surface reconnaissance vehicle and action figure sold separately. Available from branches of Lathe Toy Depot and other retailers. Microelectrode, ion battery, and circuit switch not included. Oi, how you doing, my brother? So you run some data, and you left your little sidey, and you're starting to think about maybe a ship that can punch a little bit harder. Well, the Killback, the one with the little flappy wings, is just what the doctor ordered. It is multi-crew enabled, and is the smallest ship with a fighter bay, so you can point, and they will do your bidding. <laughs> it's got three utility mounts, two small and two medium hard points plus a whole batch of compartments so if you want a bit of fun grab a kill back my son new from azimuth biotech it's tickle me thargoid 
Tickle Me Thargoid is fun for all the family. Teach your little anti-Xeno commander the difference between an Orthrus and a Cyclops, a Basilisk and a Medusa. Count the hearts. One, two, three, four. It's a Cyclops. Teach them their weakness and how to exploit them. Now rip out the hearts. One by one. I don't want to. Do it. Using the tool. Do it. Now stomp on its face. Smash its face in. I've got them. Tickle Me Thargoid. Available now from branches of Lave Toy Depot and other retailers. And welcome back. Well, well, let's look through what the community have been up to for the last couple of weeks while we've been away. Um, well, the first thing that uh, I noticed was that uh, there is a YouTube ch uh, channel called uh, Space Doc, which normally does profiles on, on various um, science fiction uh, spaceships and uh, their tactical uses and, and criticisms and so forth. Uh, However, one of the things that they covered lately was the top 10 sci-fi FTL systems. Um, turns out that one of their favorites was the Culture Systems. The, the Culture Series books by Needham Banks have a hyperdrive system. That got the number two slot. However, we were at uh, Elite Dangerous was at number eight. Um, they highlighted a lot of the um, theoretical possibilities of the of the uh, the frameshift drive and the fact that is dual use ie um super cruise for in system and hyperspace for between system uh they quite they quite like that and uh yes a nice little video overall anybody else see it it yeah it did and um yeah i i mean i agree I Aren't I right in thinking that the whole idea of super cruise came about as a sort of quite a sort of last minute idea during it was well put it this way um it involves a lot of people in the ddf didn't like the the original proposal which was uh point to point right so you'd be you jump in to buy the sun and then you'd have a mini jump oh, I see. to you know you, you detect things in the system and you go okay i'd like to fly to this uss here or this USS here, or straight to the station. I think Super Cruise is genius. I really yeah. do. Yeah, I, I, I think I do think that I would prefer them to be able to jump between nav points. So you have nav points either around each of the stars, so you could jump, do a mini jump between, in big systems. But apart from that, uh, everything else with Super Cruise, I'm happy with. Um, ben. So I mean, I think basically the frameshift drive is based on essentially two. Or as I see it, anyway, two technologies. Mm -hmm. you know, one is you know, basically the the warp drive or the Albuquerque drive, which is is theoretically possible, mm -hmm. um, and that's what we get, obviously, for going FTL around the systems. And then the other thing is obviously our interstellar jump drive, which is basically that's using wormhole technology. Which again, these are theoretically possible. And okay, it's been shoved into one convenient package that we call the frameshift drive, but 
basically it's two engines that are completely independent of each other, um, but both very both very theoretically possible. Yeah, well, the, um, it's and, like Star Trek with impulse that. and warp, impulse yeah. and warp power, isn't it? So yeah, it's uh, uh, like the warp drive is basically the Albuquerque drive. I always thought. Yes, it's, and you're you, forming a warp bubble, and then you're you're traveling at sublight speeds within that, essentially surfing in inside of your inside of your FTL thingy bobbers. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, um, a lot of magic yeah. so that you don't have to yeah. worry about time please, dilation. Please, please note I am not a phys- theoretical physicist. I don't know this shit. No, you are not Sheldon Cooper, thankfully. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so well, I was quite surprised that uh, we even got a mention there. but um, It was lovely uh, to see. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I, I get the feeling sometimes that the guy in Space Talk, you know, he's always talking about the Expanse, for example. Yes, uh, and you can tell he's like, okay, hey, the expanse is coming on, or there's a new book out, and he's all excited about the expanse. And then he'll go off and review all the ships and things like that. So yeah, that was, you know, he's obviously, you know, okay, the guy who does space dock also enjoys the elite, and you know, I, that that made me smile. I did like the fact that one of the things he did was he took all the. Um, all the fictional starfighters and did comparisons with them until they got to the final two. And it turned out it was the Viper from Battlestar Galactica mm-hmm. versus the Star Fury from Babylon yeah, and, 5. Yeah, yeah. And the Star Fury won. Of course it did. Yeah, and I, I quite like the fact that the Star Fury, uh, NASA have been in contact with the people that designed the Star mm-hmm. Fury to say, that's a really good design. Would it be okay that if... Oh yeah, I mean that. they they spoke to JMS back in the nineties about this, and oh yeah, they're using similar ideas for their their sort of ex bigger EVA things. Yeah, but yeah, that's no, real life. If, <laughs> if, if only we weren't doing, if only we were doing more exciting stuff than hanging outside the space station, there might be a use for it. And yeah. I'm not saying you know what we're doing on the ISS is great, but let's dream bigger, guys. Well, we're soon going to have a space station around the moon. We are. Uh, and um, all, the, all the rest of the stuff that goes with it. Yeah. Um, I've got, I've got my <laughs> own I think anyone who doesn't have their own feelings about Artemis has, has not been paying any attention. Mm. Mm. Yes. Yeah, let's get back to Kurgle. Uh, Kurgle? <laughs> Kurgle? Kurgle, I meant. Kurgle. Oh, and we could talk about Andy if you want. I'm not. I don't, yeah. I'm sure. He, oh, I spoke to Suvarin the other day. He's doing okay. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I've, I've seen him every now and again in 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 game, which yeah. is, is nice to is nice to see. He says the game's fixed as far as he's concerned. <laughs> yep. Anyway, so moving on. Yes, moving on. Yes. Um, <laughs> next, we have uh, Commander Mechen, uh from the AXI, and he is demonstrating Thargoid Revenant, uh, Revenants versus flak cannons. I, I, I take it the revenants explode quite happily under flak cannons. Are we talking remote release flak launches here? I, I think so. Cool. Uh, I haven't had a chance to see this video yet, but um, yeah, it's a timed release one. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to see this happening, so I'm, I'm going to um, highlight that one. Oh, it is. It. I'm sorry. I'm just skimming the video now. Yeah, it's fireworks. So cool. We can launch fireworks at Revenants. I actually have to try that. <laughs> uh, right. We have another um, Horizon music video by. Okay, everyone, prepare yourself to take a drink. 
Yeah, um, Ulgen Jürgensen. I like the attempt to deal with the umlaut um, in some way. Yes. <laughs> Terrible, Colin. If you're going to start pronouncing people's names, learn how they pronounce, mate. Jesus. Osgen Jürgensen, that'll do. Well, no one, no one spelt it out phonetically, no. did they? I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. I threw this in there, but I thought it was... What I love about videos like this, it's a it, it's a video of a commander on foot just walking towards the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, but it changes to so the planet and the horizon and, and you know, the, the bodies that are in the sky and things change over the course of the video. But, the, the you know, I've watched it quite closely and the animation of the commander doesn't miss a beat. It's like perfect synchronization it's so beautifully done you know so this guy's just walking and then the the environment around him changes but i can't see a single cut from one you know one in-game command and, and without kind of the ability to have presets on camera positions i don't quite know how people do that the editing's incredible on that on that video it's so it's good, good. It? yeah so so good um i wonder i wonder if it's taken with a very big screen or very high very very high definition and then 1080'd for youtube that would be that would be the way if i had the screen capability for it that would probably be the way that i would do it to give myself less of a, less of a headache but mm. it, it's stunningly beautiful and I'll tell, yeah i'll tell you how i do gorgeous. it is so, so the way i did my little srv art things where i drew out stuff using srv tire tracks is i had this bit of software that could do a transparent overlay so I'd find a nice bit of line art that I wanted to trace, and then I'd have that over um, a borderless elite. Mm. So I literally traced it with the SRV. That that is the, that is absolutely the other way that you could do it is with. So um, what you do is you is you trace the outline of your command yeah, in your yeah, yeah. footage, and then you just very carefully tweak the camera until it exactly matched, and then. Start yeah, there's a there's a um, there's a program that will allow you to make make your um, make certain windows that like, completely transparent. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. it's slightly slightly transparent, and that would that would also be another way that you do it. Could you, very Could you not just make a macro on your keyboard to you know, pitch up ninety degrees and oh, scroll out the camera in the same I position? I wouldn't trust Maybe. it. I wouldn't trust yeah. it to be. I don't know. I wouldn't trust it to be perfect rather than. I wouldn't trust a macro over my eye actually fully <laughs> lining the yeah. lining the person up. You know what would be cool, Frontier? Uh, Frontier uh, camera presets. Uh, yes, please. Lovely. Or lava <laughs> planets, or lava planets, whichever whichever takes your fancy. Now, obviously, for me being away for the last while, I haven't been anywhere near the forums. I feel so much cleaner. No. Yeah, <laughs> but there's, there's this thread called the name of the game. Um, yeah, yeah, I threw this in as well. We were short on news last week, so I threw a couple. <laughs> of... Do you know what caught my? Occasionally, you get a thread like this. I actually, I've sort of um, encountered the guy subsequently. So this is a, um, a chap called William who's been doing. Um, he's been really getting into buckyball. He's been really sort of enthused and motivated by buckyball. Um, He's now subsequently joined Newton's Gambit and is really getting into flight assist off flying. And this is just a forum post trying to express kind of just how excited he is by, you know, discovering a new way of playing the game and the enthusiasm of groups like Buckyball Racing Club and Newton's Gambit. And um, it's just a a joy to read. (laughs) 
because the you know occasionally the enthusiasm of somebody that's completely not jaded like like me <laughs> comes along and it's it's really inspiring and it's it's a lovely read yeah i must admit i do get the every now and again you do get someone posting on the forum saying uh why are you lot all complaining this game is fantastic yeah yeah and um, i always uh, love those because they yeah. do they do genuinely you know incentivize you and remind you and inspire you and you think god you're right yeah what was i why was I so down? It's fantastic. And, and the next time you, you launch the game, you just feel better about it. <laughs> I do anyway. Yeah, I love threads like that. And I put the next one in the cell. If, if you don't mind, okay. I might as well go on. And just go straight on. A new approach <laughs> to an anarchy map farm. Actually, no, I'll come on to that. But the other thread All was right. Handcrafted Planets Post-Odyssey. And it's one of those threads, and it's oh, sort right. of vaguely relevant to what we were talking about, about somebody saying, why don't they just handcraft some planets so they're a little bit less boring and tedious and, you know... So it starts off with perhaps a slightly naive assumption about game development and how easy it is to handcraft planets. But it's actually not a bad forum thread to read. There's a lot of toing and froing on why it's difficult, and there's a lot of good stuff about procedural generation, and there's some nice examples from Minecraft of what is and isn't possible, and there's there's stuff about generating uh, procedurally generating cities and so it, it, it's it's good. It's one of those forum threads that didn't immediately die in in a in a vat of sarcasm and salt, <laughs> and kind of managed to survive it and and had some good input. So I guess it'll be in the show notes. It it, it is or was worth a read. <laughs> I don't know where it's at now. I haven't been back to it recently. Gotcha. Right. And then finally, there's the the new approach to the anarchy map farm, which is basically it's a good guide to um to pulling out a lot of things which uh, are difficult to get. It's kind of genius. Has anyone been there? I mean, this this was on the Burr Pit stream a couple of mm-hmm. weeks back, but um, I didn't know, maybe Psychic, you might know more on this than me, but I didn't realise that if you, that the, that the way factions come into conflict in the BGS is when their influence is roughly equal. Is that right? Uh, no, it's when they own an asset and one of them jumps over. If there's an asset involved by either party and one of them jumps over the other, um, so if they if their influence raises above the other, if it crosses the other one and there's an asset involved, the influences will both lock and that will um, cause a conflict. Whether that is an election or a war is wholly dependent on the um, on the type of government. Okay, so what they've done here in an anarchy system is they've pushed this anarchy faction who owns three spaceports and forty four settlements mm-hmm. down to one percent influence, which effectively makes them invulnerable unless they happen to rise back up again um, which means that if you want to go and do your uh, anarchy settlement map farming um, then this is a sort of one-stop shop because you've got like i say three spaceports and 44 settlements all owned by an anarchy faction and you can just go gun crazy and steal everything they own so there's a there's a reason why there's quite a few of these little pockets of um these um NPC anarchy factions that have been um been set up because like we we joke about our eyes mine we have the advert for eyes mine we have all of that nonsense now um Ares mine the um anarchy faction that owns Ares mine is player controlled so every time we as players go to somewhere like Ares mine or we go to an anarchy faction that is um um, a player-owned anarchy faction, and we're going to um, Ares Mine and killing everybody there, that has a negative effect on the influence of that faction. So 
basically when when um frontier did the bgs um revamp that they did well before odyssey there was a bgs revamp it really really did a lot of work to fuck anarchy factions and then odyssey coming in and the more ways the fact that you can go and kill people at an anarchy faction and Mm -hmm. you don't get um you don't get a bounty and all of that sort of stuff um has made it doubly hard for anarchy factions to grow on those lines it takes an awful lot of work to get an anarchy faction up and running in a permanent position and um that's where um speaking of that's kind of the thing that the um that all the pvp players were kind of focused on last week was doing uh, was doing stuff like that but um that's why there's been there's been these groups of commanders making these pockets of npc owned faction anarchy spaces that you can go to that aren't player owned to give the player owned factions time to um time and opportunity to build where they need to if they can yeah, yeah that that's the cd-512650 system which the, they've managed to get a, a stable well, that said, I hadn't spotted this because I haven't been following the story, but um, breaking news or not from Helmut Grockenberger is that it didn't work. <laughs> oh. So um, pretty much, what does he say? Uh, it barely lasted a day after the Burr video. The Anarchy faction is now at 15%. The, the oh. reason being for that is because it was signal boosted. So a lot of people went to the same place and they went, oh, okay, we're here. When I land at this station, maybe I'll turn in my data. And because oh, the, the, the faction is, uh, if you turn in your data at that system, right. without knowing it, you are um, you are doing positive actions up. to change the influence of that faction. Uh, so it, it kind of needs signal boosting, like, yeah, go and do all of the things that you need. Grab all of the shit that you need, but don't drop your data off. Don't <laughs> do missions there and all of that stuff. Do something as, um, like... Something that a lot a lot of people do, just flying around the galaxy that don't know that this is, um, don't play the BGS and don't have those kind of um, those tendencies and don't have it drilled into their skull exactly where they need to hand in that data. We'll just get to a station and go, oh, I've got data, I can hand it in, mm-hmm. and that's where the problem yeah. is. That's why yeah. they're on fifteen percent now. Fascinating. No, so does this mean that um, this this batch of people will have to try their hardest to get it back down to 1% then. Potentially potentially so. It shouldn't be I don't know whether it's whether there's a faction underneath them now, but if if the um if the system is um if it goes to less than 7% and something crosses, then mm-hmm. it won't cause a um it won't cause a, a a conflict, so they won't have to fight for all of those systems. Because fighting for settlements, sorry, because fighting for a lot of settlements in one go is a bit of a pain when there's when you're the only a handful of you doing it. It is it is a, a lot of a job. So it's kind of like okay, we need to. It, there's a lot of there's and imagine there's a lot of stuff that they're working on and making sure that that it does it does go back down again but maybe maybe like a, a lovely helpful psa to go actually please don't pop your data there that would be great actually i'll do it please don't drop your data there if you go <laughs> that mm, would be great yeah. thank you yeah because um uh, in illa bulla in isla bulla which there is actually a player faction that has that does undo the that damage that they they do and they, they do that quite a lot which is yeah, uh, that's Ari's mine. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, so that's you lot then. 
No, no, no. That that's Ari's mind. That's uh, um, literally what I would, I just said was that this is the reason why the people have created these is because places like Ari's mine and stuff like that have player and um, player factions, and that's yeah. why we want to make it not player factions, so we're not. Yeah, random people aren't just going to Ari's mine and fucking up other factions' gameplay. Right. Uh, well, moving on from there. Um... Obviously, Alec, there was a Buckyball meet on Saturday that we were hoping to, to mention, but we missed it. There was. Yeah, actually. There, there was. Um, yeah, we haven't really done this before. Buckyball, as many will know, does time trial races um, for all sorts of reasons. You know, it crosses time zones. People's time is valuable, so they can't always make live in-game meetups. And the way Buckyball works is we run our races for a week and people submit their runs as and when they fancy. It's always worked very nicely for us. It crosses platforms as well. Anyway, been a lot of chatter in the Buckyball Discord about actually doing some live races just for fun, just meeting up. Um, and we finally got around to doing one. Um, interestingly enough, this was actually partly inspired by uh, William, who I mentioned earlier on in the name of the game forum thread that he posted. So because of his interest in flight assist offline as well, he's been looking for some nice planets with like, um, you know, really good canyons to go hooning around and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he found an absolute doozy right in the heart of the bubble. Um, Wolf 1065 C quite beautiful. It's, um, it's got these fantastic sort of blue, you know, like the cracked mud effect that you see on some Odyssey planets where people find yes. canyon. It's got those, but they're, they're like this, amazing blue color which i've never seen before um anyway so we found a I, I i was there with william and we i was looking around and i found this lovely little pair of mountains that just made this fantastic figure eight so we thought what the hell and we had a live meet up we had about had more than i expected i guess we had about uh, at least 20 people turn up I was very wary of numbers because one of the issues the burr pit run into this is is that um, if you start getting up towards 30, then people can't get out in their SRVs and things because each vehicle is a separate thing in the instance. And if everyone gets out, you're suddenly doubling the number of things, if you know what I mean. But anyway, we had 20 and it it worked really well um, instancing-wise. We had a bit of shenanigans at the beginning to get everyone in. And then we had nearly two hours of well, one thing we did, which was really good fun, is we we had mixed SRV and ship. So we had like heats of SRV racing, obviously down at ground level, and simultaneous heats of ship racing above them. So you're herring round in your SRV, you know, doing your own little race, but there's ships zooming overhead as well. So it was really spectacular. Um, yeah, and had nearly two hours. The, the, the funniest thing we discovered, the SRV racing was great. Uh, we did one lap of the figure eight for the SRV race. But for the ships, I sort of decided that about eight, between eight and 10 ship laps would take the same amount of time as a decent SRV circuit. So I basically said, okay, the ships, you you, you guys do eight laps and we'll do one. Um, and it turns out when you're racing, everybody loses count instantly. <laughs> so nobody had the slightest clue which lap they were on. So um, we didn't really, I don't really have any winners to do where people just went round and round for two hours having a great laugh. Lovely. Um, I'm just going to give a quick shout out to Ghost Giraffe um, because I saw his stream recently. Uh, he, you know, he, he was celebrating the fact he'd, he'd just got into the partner program. But what got me, and this is only because it is ultimately geeky, 
he was doing his head tracking, but the the hardware he was using to track his head, if you like, was a Google Glass. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know what Google Glass was, ten to ten, is it almost ten years ago now. Google came up with this idea of we're not going to have mobile phones anymore. We're all going to wear this Google Glass, which is basically heads-up display with a camera on it. Uh, and they came out with prototypes, which cost an absolute fortune. Uh, and all us tech people got really excited about it, and everybody else hated it because the camera was always on. <laughs> uh, but it's, it turns out it turns it's very good at a head tracker. I don't so. think that's why people hated it. They hated it because you looked like a knob. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, these days, none of us can say anything about complaining about the cameras always on because you know, your, your phone camera, even if you're not recording, it's technically it's on. Um, so anyone, anyone who's moaning about stuff like that these days have got nothing to talk about, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> is, is someone doing a crucifix on the top of that SRV? Are you looking at the picture? I think, I, I think, I'm looking think, at the picture. I think they're pointing. Oh, they're pointing. Right, fair enough. Sorry, I need stronger glasses. Right. Um, now, also, ECM 2023 has more details. Um, Vintian has uh, released a lot more details about what is happening at uh, the St. Anne's Manor Hotel in, uh, in Wokingham um, on the 19th of August. Uh, there are 10 tickets actually it's less than 10 it's less tickets. than 10 now i think yeah yeah so actually, i think it might even be less than five. Ooh. Oh, almost sold out yeah and well they're hot lads mm-hmm. and lasses and in between um there are more details available at communitymeet.info but here's a, an existing list already there's social gaming which includes gang beasts um we uh, Mario Karting. Uh, people are bringing along their Oculus quests for challenges. They've got uh, Artemis, which is the bridge uh, simulator, the Ascot Suite. Um, there's a full motion VR rig with some CQC. They also have a bucket for that as well. So but that is, is it full 360 or is it just... It's basically, it's like, you know, those rides that you get where it'll tilt up left, right, depending on... Oh, so, right, it's Afterburner then. That, uh, I think it's that kind of idea. If it's the guy who took one last time, mm-hmm. I mean, it works bloody well. Yes. Um, yeah, but it's, it's basically, it's like those, like the flight simulators that you get, but it's not, it obviously it can't do complete turn in a 360 degree, just like, you know, banks up and right and then left and... Yeah, it works well enough. Excellent. Well, I'm going to have to give that Xbox CQC, and then they've got all a massive retro section, which is well, there'll be Elite on the BBC Micro, Acorn Electron, Arc Elite will be available, NCS Elite, Amiga 1200 Frontier Elite, so it'll be Frontier, not Elite Two, Commodore 64, Spectrum 128, Spectrum Next, uh, Avive, uh, and all all the others. But this is this is new. Uh, there's going to be special guest, Norman Lovett. Uh, him through who's... Who is Norman Lovett, Colin? Uh, he is Holly from Red Dwarf. Uh, and also, he is also uh, voice packs. They've, we have a... Well, which one is he in the game, and which one is he in, in the HCS voice packs? I can't remember. I'm not going to look it up, because otherwise we'll, we'll be here for absolutely ages. Uh, we've got the team 
from oh, from just told us it's Leo. That's Leo. There you go. Thank you. Um, so, <laughs> have your holly related questions at the ready. Um, the team from Frontier Developments will be joining in with the gaming. Uh, we've got Beetlejuice doing live art. Uh, the event has a build of two Lego SRVs for the raffle. Uh, totally blank, totally blank quiz. Hutton Orbital live. Brace yourselves. Dockers live. <clears throat> a Mr. Pitcher and his magic metal etching machine. Get your dog tags. And there's a whole load of board games as well, including chess, zombie side, elite miniatures games, Star Wars miniatures games, elite battle cards, LCU new fools, new fool like ones, new elite game, whatever that is, uh, cards against just about anything, uh, and an assorted amount of board games like Ticket to Ride, Above and Below, etc., uh, etc. Et and you also have uh, lunch, which is included, and there's a barbecue style dinner, which is an optional extra. Uh, I can tell you something about LTU's thing if you want. Um, can we say that to next time? Because yeah. uh, I think we're running out of running out of time at the moment. So yeah, it it looks like it's turning up to be a, a quite a nice, fully packed day. Um, quite chunky. Yes, quite chunky. Uh, really nice to see Artemis there again. Mind you, <laughs> judging by our our efforts at. Uh, uh, Bridge crew, Ben. I don't think we should be flying it. <laughs> Was that follow orders? I don't uh, think we will. <laughs> okay, so let's move back to. Oh, yes, before we forget, um, back to Commander Alec Turner, because this weekend, starting this Saturday, what is it? It's a new Buckyball race, race number four, race number four in the championship. Uh, We've talked enough about Buckyball tonight. It is called Double Trouble. It starts this Saturday. You will find a huge forum thread about it because it's, well, it's it's very simple on the surface. It's three systems, each for the station and an installation to visit. But everything has bonuses. You can do all sorts of bonus shenanigans for two minutes here and four minutes there. So um, you <laughs> rockets blast off again. It can be very simple, but you can make it very complicated if you like. <laughs> and oh, I, isn't that true with everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could talk a lot about this, but I won't. Go and look it up <laughs> on the forum. Start Saturday. Runs all week. Excellent. Well, not we'll, 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 we'll get a we'll get a progress report next week. Yeah, <laughs> and you'll all be able to laugh. Yeah, because I'll sure. I'll be commander <laughs> slow again. <laughs> oh dear anyway um going quickly through the in-game events of what's happened this week um on monday the 10th of july azimuth has decided to plan a corporate convention so this is an invitation only event for people who would like uh to help out azimuth hmm yeah that's a note People's People note, note was of of their um, that they mentioned. I, I, I believe they mentioned the woman who, oh, sorry, the 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 head of the company who was looking after um, Tessero when Aegis disbanded. So who might have a fair amount of information, um, and that that was they were name dropped in that article. I think also Operation Witch Hunt were also name dropped. Name dropped. I think first one in thirty three oh nine. Yay! Um, but um, you mean to say you didn't get an invite, Sai? <laughs> um, it was they, these. It was these people who took all of Tessero's research. So there's no. It, it's not surprising that Azimuth would like to get into bed with them. That's the only reason I bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> Asimuth doing 
Yes. Um, there's also, is this one still going? The uh, deliver rarities for us. It's completed. Oh, it's completed. The, deliver, the, the yeah. deliver rarities completed yesterday um uh, at 100% because of course it would do because they had such a low a low bar um but it was it's important to note for that one that it um it wasn't a deliver these things so that we can release the shiny it was uh, or, or deliver these things so we can make the shiny it was deliver those these things for the party because you're getting the shiny even if we fail kind of thing so um that was um, it was just interesting to note the, the wording and the choices that they've made with that particular CG, potentially maybe of a fear of it failing and there not being enough support for Azimuth to actually create um, a weapon. But of course there would be enough support for Elise to get to tier one because people do shit like that all the time. People will just go, oh, I want the shiny weapon and do that. But yeah, it's 100%. Yes. Morals go out the window when they want a big, nice, shiny, nice, shiny gun. Does seem to be. Um, right, and finally, today on the, oh, sorry, yesterday on the 17th, uh, the president's ca- presidential candidates outlined their manifestos. Now, this was a uh, another debate uh, which was more closely moderate- moderated than the first debate in June. Uh, the, cam- the candidates discussed their campaign in detail, this time with minimal interruptions from their rivals. Uh, yeah, so it was it was mostly the Republican Party saying that we're going to protect everybody uh, regardless of how, you know, regardless of your human rights. Well, the other one is um, we're going to protect everybody, but we will include your human rights. So that would be the uh, Liberal Party. And then finally, we've got the independent candidate says, uh, right, okay, um, free money. <laughs> so, yes, that's... Uh, that's the federal debate. The federal debate in uh, in three syllables or less. Um, now it's that time of the week again for a quick store alert. Store alert. And welcome back. Well, after all that, there's not really much happening with the store itself. Uh, they are highlighting the hazmat kits again. So uh, if you haven't seen the hazmat ki- uh, kits, they're really good for lighting up an area. Um, however, HCS voice packs have announced a new uh, expansion pack for exobiology. Uh, now, this also includes um, Brent's, Brent Spiner. Um, <clears throat> that would be the legendary commander data from Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, and uh, yes, um, oh, and every time you discover new exobiology, there's more comment commentary on uh, what, what that plant is, how it's made up. And it, they really do add a little bit of uh, extra atmosphere to, uh, to plant scanning. To be honest, yeah, I can imagine this one being really good, actually. Yeah, really uh, good. yeah, it's uh, 
I mean, oh, good grief. How many out of these blooming packs have I got now? I think I'm on eight. Can I ask a question about the voice packs, actually, that I've always wondered? Because I mm. tend to play very early in the morning, I um, I have to generally be a little bit quiet because the family are asleep. Um, how much value can you get out of a voice pack if you're not actually speaking to it? Um, it depends on the voice pack. If you have these voice packs like uh, Vega and... Um, uh, uh, some of the scientific-based ones, they will actually explain the the various planet types and um, uh, like exobiology of the plant types and all that kind of stuff when when you scan them. Right. The okay. problem the problem with it is is that um, after the I think the fiftieth time you've heard them explain what a class three gas giant is, you kind of switch it off. Mm, okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I really do enjoy it. It's just that, yeah, yeah. Thank, thankfully, you can actually uh, the, the HCS voice packs. The interface for it is is, is a very sophisticated now, and you can actually switch off these little bits that so they they don't wind you up as much as as they used to. So, yeah. <laughs> Does Liam make any comments about when when you're scanning Uranus? <sighs> you mean like in Mass Effect Three? Oh no, it's Mass Effect too, uh, isn't it? It could be he could he could say anything. I'm just thinking Norman Lovett doing something deadpan about Uranus would be great. Oh dear, I I, I do know that in Mass Effect three they've got uh, Trisha Halfer just going really. You want to do this? And the second time you send a probe, it says okay, scanning Uranus. In that kind of, I but I quite enjoyed that joke, right? Um, now, obviously, we have put out a question of the week, and it's been a question of the two weeks, really. And we've had quite a few responses. Um, and the first thing that we had was, the question was, hints and tips for new and returning players. What is your favourite hint and tip? Uh, and first of all, we've got... Uh, oh, good grief. fire. Thank it's you. easy. It literally is spelt the way it pronounced the way that it looks. Um, I should say, um, I'm not only putting them on um Twitter now, I'm also putting them in Discord. There are threads in Discord. So if you don't if you don't have a Twitter, you can also go and answer the question of the week when it's in Twitter as well. Oh. Shall we add it to threads as well? Why? Because we don't have an Instagram account, so we can't do that. Well, um she says I actually uh, think we do have an oh sorry, Colin. Yeah, it's sort of some I wish I knew tips on exploration. You spend a lot of time in the, sh- uh, in the ship you take, so choose the one you like flying. Most en- mes- destinations you might pick on your first trip won't need a maxed jumper conda and are reachable with de- decently built explorer ships too. If in doubt about a system, check them on EDSM. Hard to reach ones are often mentioned in various routes or their minimum jump ranges. Um, yeah, the EDSM is still a v- phenomenal tool. Um, I, d- I don't think I could have managed my trip to Colonia without it, because I need to find out where all the uh, where the mega ships and the bases are. And I've already got lost once or twice. Um, also, if you need to uh, travel... Uh, fast travel via the neutron boosts, you're in the and you're in a less well travelled space. So route plotters like Spanish don't work very efficiently. 
Uh, go above or below the plane until you find a neutron stars and then stay on this height until you're closer to your destination. Uh, just don't forget to exclude white dwarfs. That's that's very true. Uh, some very, very good hints there. Yeah. Go on, go on, Alec. No, I was just going to say, no, it's some, some, some good stuff in there. Um, sort of a little bit out of the out of the normal kind of obvious, more obvious hints on there. White it's, dwarfs it's very, suck. It, it's very, sorry? White dwarfs suck, baby. Yes, they do. <laughs> I like white dwarfs, but that's just me being weird. Yeah, I mean, that was all just a, a quick uh, win. Wasn't it supposed to be white dwarfs where you're supposed to get a, a bigger jump? Yeah, I think it was a, a star. And yeah, then, it was like a couple of a decimal point was moved or something, and then um, we all everyone went, "No, don't change it back, man. We we need it. We need the long range." Yeah, it, it was something daft like that. So mm. it's quite ironic that the more difficult sky, uh, the more difficult ship uh, star to navigate doesn't give you the big the biggest range jump. Indeed, yeah, <laughs> that, that, it's one of those little elitisms. <laughs> For anyone that's only jumped around the bubble a bit and only ever encountered white dwarfs and and has built up an aversion, uh, yeah. If you if you go further afield and run into neutrons, you don't need to be nearly as scared of them. The, also, the little exclusion zone is tiny, and so the arms, you know, the the bits. Yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. Pra- you can practice Jackson's lighthouse. Indeed, co- which features in this week's buckyball race. Uh... We've got Cheb's will. Uh, also from Discord. For new players, don't rush to get that next ship slash engineering mod. Just enjoy the galaxy. If it's returning players from a long time back, just enjoy driving around on planets. That's a long time back. So before Horizons, that, I think he means that. Yeah. That, that, I don't think there's any players who haven't come back since Horizons was enabled. I had someone come and say I haven't played for like six years. And they were like, um, I left, they said, I left just before the SRVs came in. That was about two weeks ago. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) there's so much for you to discover. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, there was someone on the forums actually who asked, uh, right, okay, I've got Elite Dangerous, standard Elite Dangerous. What does that get me now? Yeah. And I must have, I was there going, "Uh, wow. Yeah. so long ago yeah um frank frank 87 straightforward inara.cz love fantastic it straight to the point fantastic yeah uh commander dirk hatch try everything but do it at your own pace there's no rush and most of all importantly savor the little ships he, i mean he does have a point i mean one of the the good things about odyssey is that it has a reignited my passion for the small ship Mm-hmm. Yeah, flying around in a Cobra is now a valid option again. Yeah, they're great. Is is that because you're basically looking to to get to places where you're going to do on foot stuff, and so just just something that'll land is is convenient. Basically, yeah. And on yeah. some of these places, that they've only got small pads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, I know you can land next in your big anaconda. Yeah, but it's, it's difficult though because like. It's it's easier to land a small ship in a um in the proximity of a station. Even if you're not planning on landing at the station, it's a lot easier to land a small ship rather than finding a 
a place that it, that doesn't have a single rock that makes it fully unsuitable for the whole anaconda yeah. or, or you know corvette like the better choice but it's just funny yeah i just find it funny with people who do manage to land next to these small settlements and the, the blooming anaconda is almost as big as the settlement and you suddenly sure. realize that that ship is quite big and also the fact that it takes so long to go from one end to to get to the blooming disembarkation point and the lifts. Just no, enough of that. Right. Um, we've got Commander Greybeard Seawolf. Uh, enjoy the game. It is not a race. There is no end game, so take your time and experience it all. Grind is a choice you make and is not necessary. Learn to fly your ship manually. Uh, even after five years of playing, I still get a buzz landing at a station and settlement or planet. Yeah. Um, it's funny that on the forums they were mentioning stuff. Can we have more cozy content? Um, this, this seems to be a trend that's happening in MMO MMO games at the moment. People are demanding uh, cozy content, which is basically chill out content, content you can relax to, so you're not on edge all the time. I think Elite Dangerous has got that in spades at the moment. Yeah, anyway. I do too. Yeah, here, here to that. I think um, it can be a very chill game, kind of mining, exobiology. Just yep. gathering materials in the SRV, just flying around. Yeah, it's it's got it. Got it yeah. spades. But it, it, that's the thing because I've I've found driving about lately. Uh, I've just actually just enjoyed the experience, even though I'm I'm. I know I've got to get all these mats for what I need later, but I just I just thought, oh well, you know what? I'll just I'll just see what happens, and and I found it quite a relaxing experience. Um, especially when in in solo or Mobius, because you're not on edge looking for the triangles. Yeah. Um, Elvis Kremen, get into the habit of honking every system, regardless if you have been there before or not, so it becomes automatic. Target every ship in front of you as if you're flying around for free engineering data. Not as if, as you're flying around. That's right. Misread that. Need new glasses. That is great, that second one. That's one that I tell people occasionally. Because sometimes I'll hop around on Twitch and I quite like tuning into people that are brand new, you know, and have one mm-hmm. viewer. And, um, yeah, that, that's one I commonly sort of suggest is just target every ship and let the little scan resolve and ka-ching, a little bit of data. Yeah, I even and... do it when I'm buckyball racing. It's like habitual. It's like honking. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if anyone else does this. I'm, I bet we all do. But I must have honked in Shinra to Desra like 5,000 times. I know I'm not going to get any more data, but I just it's just there in my like muscle memory. Jump into system, honk. <laughs> Excellent. Um, right, we have um, we have uh, oh, little begin. Uh, never fly without rebuy. I think that is, is is the number one rule in Elite Dangerous, isn't it? Amen. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Then there's, there's sacrilege. There is no free anaconda at Hutton. We all know it's oh, 100 That's credit. true, it's 100 credit. Nah, nah that's so <laughs> fucking old. Healthy lie. <laughs> if you play in open, not every player you'll meet will be friendly. Very true. Uh, Can and- I also say just to that, if you play in open, not every player you meet will be a dick either. Yeah, very true. Yeah, but actually, th- I found it's implied <laughs> that that's I, implied by saying not everyone will be friendly. Yeah, but I, I, I do feel open gets a bad rep, and I've had more positive things in open than the negative. 
Yeah, and I think it's as long as you avoid Desiat and as long as you avoid the CGs. And, and Shinata Shana, Desra can be quite scummy as well, to be honest. Yeah, that's full of elite scumbags. Yeah. They're all too busy polishing their Corvettes to notice anybody new. I don't yeah. think you're right there, actually. I, I got, no, that's my experience. No, <laughs> yeah, no I, got, I got chased down in, in Shinata Desra over the weekend. The first, pe- the first people who go to Shindes um, are the people who have unlocked um, Exploration Elite because let's face it, that and Trade are the easiest ones to get, and you yeah. don't need you don't need to have a have a beefy a beefy ship for that. And if you go to Shindes and you get rinsed, yeah, yeah. I know, but this one is very important. Little Biggin says, "Oh, and never be worried about asking questions." Amen now, this to is that. very true about the Elite Dangerous community. It is probably one of the most friendliest online communities that I've <laughs> I've come across. Uh, and yes, we do have the uh, we do have our trolls, and we do have our, our um, drama queens. But it, uh, the vast majority of. Uh, players i found to be incredibly helpful and uh yeah sorry colin just talking about trolls you pick uh-huh. up the voucher for the anaconda at Hutton orbital and you have to redeem it a beagle point according to be if ephesus and uh we'll just call on billy goats gruff there <laughs> so yeah <clears throat> right uh erin two three seven um trying to show my his mother how to learn to play the game. She's only done Minecraft. And here's what I started her with. Learn your key bindings. You will make mistakes. You will have to rage quit at the game at some point. Have fun. Ask more questions than you think. Fair enough. There's a theme running through these, isn't there? Yes, there is. Uh, there's nothing... Commander Frosty Jack, there's nothing left to explore. It's a myth. Docking computers are cool. Mm-hmm. Right? Fair enough. Uh, Commander Wobbly, I love this. Engineering, full stop, is, full stop, not, full stop, essential. I needed the claps. Engineering is not essential. Needed Actually, clap backing cl- so hard. Claps work better. It, that, it needed clapping so hard on that one. Um, <laughs> it, it might not be essential, but it's really bloody nice. Wow, there are so many of these. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we've got next Angus. Uh, it's a kind of a, a, a theme forming out of all these responses. Yeah, it's the journey, not the destination. That <laughs> Raxler is the friends you make along the way. <laughs> In combat, rehearse your get out of hell dodge maneuver for when things goes wrong. Um, I do believe that's drop the. Uh, does the does the um, dropping the cargo scoop and boosting, or boosting and dropping the cargo scoop? Does that still work? What or did mean? they did they patch that? Oh out? yeah, now if you drop if you drop your cargo scoop and you can you can then use that to suddenly break you and do a flip and burn, yeah, yeah. So that still works. Yeah, it's yeah. it requires a lot of skill, but it does work. I don't know whether or not they they, they patched half of those maneuvers out. You know, uh, remind Frontier that in their Kickstarter they promised ship interiors. Sometimes it slips their mind, and they love to be reminded. Jesus Christ, please don't do that. He promised us. Please don't do that. Ugh. Uh, camel number one. Can I just say, this ma- next one is wild to me. I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't see how anyone could get into Elite with this mentality. But anyway, go on. New commanders. Never take advice from other commanders. 
Always learn by doing. Keep extensive notebooks on your adventures, and they will serve you well, and you will come to publish your expose on the real search for Raxler. And this wasn't, like, honestly, this is a serious comment. I'm, this isn't, like, sarcasm. But the idea of never taking adv- advice from another commander, um, I think half half of the people who started later wouldn't be playing. No. I certainly wouldn't be playing if I didn't if I didn't ask some questions because back when I started playing, there was no way of being able to complete uh, like complete the game. There wasn't even the slightest amount of tutorial. Yeah, it, it wasn't really a le- steep learning curve. It was a steep le- learning cliff. inverted cliff. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps where he's coming from, there is this aspect of letting people tell you which is the best ship and that kind of thing. And and so yeah, there's a point there. I mean, don't let people tell you yes, which is the best. I'll- ship. I'll agree with him. I'll agree with you there. I think you know. General advice on how to do shit. Take there's, the advice, but then also a lot of good advice out there. But yeah, yeah. You've got to tell you how apply to your own game. experience too, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, dear. like we're not going to tell people that their fun is wrong, but but if you're flying the anaconda, you're doing it wrong. Sorry, well, well, the, the, well not, the, not, not only, the anaconda, the adder. Sorry. Well, not wrong. not only that, but like um, we all have our opinions, and I'm not gonna mm-hmm. I'm not gonna tell somebody that's flying a ship that I really dislike that. Um, it's a shitty ship and they shouldn't play the game and they should feel bad even if I think that. Um, mm. But it's, um, yeah, that mentality of like not even not even speaking to other people for advice because as you say, Colin, this game thrives on the community and we have a whole host of folks who are so willing and just lovely and a, a range of streamers who are all like yeah ask me any question and i will drop everything and help you out yeah yeah, yeah. i mean how can you have that without with when you've got the fuel rats in this game that's the ultimate people that the fuel rats exactly. and the the, without those you know you don't get that in other games <laughs> um real dan fits Uh, Put the term grind out of your head. If you find it a grind, you're not doing it right. Everything comes easy with the right knowledge and understanding. Do your own research and ask established members of the community for help. Which is is a complete (laughs) point. Look at the flipping (laughs) coins right here. This one was quite contentious as well. There was a reply to this. I didn't include it because the reply was like, nah, mate, it's a grind. And Dan Dan went, Dan said back, Thanks for your interaction. <laughs> it, was, it was textbook. I'm not engaging with this. It was great. But um, yeah, it was. Um, I really appreciated it. <laughs> Thank you for sharing it with the group. We will put a pin in that and come back yeah. to it later. <laughs> um, Agle Fox, if it gets boring, try again a different way. There is, there is no rule. Even fly without rebuy no risk no fun <laughs> I, i'm gonna oh, I, i'm oh, no. gonna get i'm gonna not well i don't agree with that i, don't, I remember I don't. The one time when i was just starting out and i'd only just gotten the type nine mm-hmm. and i did it and i had the rebuy for a type nine but then i i filled up on say low temperature diamonds or something like that and i was like shit do I half fill this and still have the rebuy money, or do I not? And I filled I filled the type nine up, and my god, my butt was clenched all the way to my destination. Yeah, I bet that was one of the most and exciting flights you've ever had in the game. It, it really, really was. So, whilst I don't agree with not flying without a re- rebuy, it was memorable. Clench. 
Oh, um, oh yeah. You get up and take the chair with you. Right. I I, <laughs> I will admit this, uh, and this is this is something I'm not proud of. Um, I got to a T6 and I flew without rebuy, mm. and somebody jumped me. Oh. Yeah, and I was in a sidewinder, oh. and I'm 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 ashamed to admit it because I'm always the one that that that's nice and safe. I don't take too many risks, and then this is the one time I did, and I got punished for it. So um, it's it's not a nice feeling. It's not a nice feeling when all of a sudden you go from something like a T6 mm-hmm. back down to the sidewinder. Oh, it's a bitter pill to swallow, swallow that. <laughs> um, right, yes. Um, it's all, it also adds uh, ask and search. Um, there is a lot one will only figure out with a lot of work. Someone teaches you some basic maths too. Okay. Um, Viking Zero, have fun and do whatever you feel like at the moment. Which is fair enough. Uh Again, Tyler with the never fly without a rebuy is the biggest tip you can get. Uh, yeah, I think we've gone over that. And then we have this essay by Commander Indigo. It was like it was like seven different tweets. The legend. Yeah. Okay. So we'll start. We'll start with the first one. Uh, let the game teach you new things. Uh, we talk about the learning cliffs and the grind, but if this, the game requires you to mine or explore to unlock something, embrace it. Somebody out there loves part of the game enough to make it their main thing, you might too. Now, I will say that I, I agreed with that because one of the things that I had to do lately was obviously grind to get my uh, 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 corrosive 16-ton cargo rack. And I, I thought, I'm going to hate this. I've got to hate this. I know what I've got to get. I've got to go and get meta alloys. I've got to get... The thing was, when I went to get the meta alloys, I had that one of the first... You know, where the Thargoid comes down and uh, refuels. That's the first time I've ever seen that live in-game. Yeah. It was awesome. And, you know, if it, if it wasn't for this bit, I would, have, I would have never seen that. So, yeah. Yeah, dead right. Yeah. Um, turn off your docking computer. Or better yet, leave it at home. With a flight assist on or off, it will make every landing a mini-game. Your pilot and your piloting skills will improve quickly, and there are things that will make the game more fun than flying well. Yeah, well said. Mm-hmm. Um, get to know these less documented built-in key commands. Use Control-Alt-G to turn on or off on and off your HUD. The screen has so much information that sometimes it's nice to shut it all down and just enjoy the space and terrain around you on unobscured, which is good. Um, F10 to capture screenshots and Alt F10 to take super duper high resolution screenshots. Um, the latter only works in solo and private group though. Yeah, that's one of the things that I did in when I came across that as I took a, a high resolution photo and wow, it looks so much better than your standard ones. Um, if you find a bug, use Control L, uh, and that will capture a network bookmark as well and a text file describing the state of the application. And at last, um, if you want to see your current FPS, Control F will show you what your uh, your frame rate is. And uh, yeah, it's interesting to see what happens when the frame rate drops. Or to monitor your frame rate when you get to some of the uh, Odyssey settlements. 
lately I have seen no change at all. It used to drop to about 10 to 15 two years ago. Now it's great to see it sticking at 60, which is cool. Mine's Jessica. been really bad recently. Has it? Really bad. Yeah, it's like um, only in certain um, in certain places. Um, Are those places on strange. fire? No. Oh, weird. no. It, it, like, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. It wasn't like a particular um, particular spot and everything. I know we're I know we're getting we're getting towards the end of the show, but um, I just wanted to just sort of say it's really it hasn't happened for a really long time. It's been lovely and smooth, and not even there's not even been an update or anything. And suddenly, certain certain settlements are being a bit of a bitch hmm. like to the point that my game is crashing as well it's I, it's completely unplayable very strange and i've not done i've not changed anything either hmm. Weird. Uh, i mean normally i found that when um graphics cards drivers update sometimes you get some uh issues with the flame frame rate then but i haven't had an issue with that for quite a while but right anyway uh, so that that was the question of the week. There'll be another question of the week probably later, <laughs> uh, probably later and later in the week. Probably at the weekend, yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, now, uh, any other business? Just quickly, uh, we have Babylon Five: The Road Home that is now available for pre-order. Uh, that's the DVD, isn't it, Ben? The Road Home is the cartoon that is directly following on after. The end of season five. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's available. I think it's DVD, Blu-ray, and street and live streaming as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, when's your next big D and D? Next a week on Sunday. A week on Sunday. On Sunday, the we have a little after show that comes out. So on this Sunday, there'll be the little after show where we talk about how we started our characters, what, what, or how how my players started the characters, and a little bit of background along those lines. Um, we have that that comes out on on sort of like the alternate weeks. Um, but the following week will be um, will be episode two where we should complete the first book of Candlekeep, which will be very fun. Oh, excellent! I'm gonna kill everyone. I'm not. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> Hashtag party wipe. <laughs> TPK. <laughs> right at this point here, I'm I, I'm going to see whether or not we can bring in Station Commander Alan Stroud. Are you, hello, Alan. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can. How are you guys doing? You all right? <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we're doing we're doing fine. I hope you've, you we find you well. Um, now you have yet another surprise for us after uh, after the last show. We got a whole lot of the. Uh, Lave Revolution soundtrack. So we've got a, another one we've you've brought along for this one. Yeah, well, it's it's just dropped on uh, Amazon Music. It's just dropped on Apple Music. Um, the basically the uh, the album is starting to to sort of stream release, as it were. So uh, which is really really cool. Um, and I've just got the publication dates for. Uh, the new album and uh, the the new books, which is uh, is all good. So they're going to start coming out in August. But um, as it is at the moment, you can, if you are a, an Amazon Prime person, you can go on to your uh, your Alexa. If you've got your Alexa, you can say Alexa, play uh, Alan Stroud's music and uh, or Alan Stroud, and it you know it tries to find me. And it comes up with Alan Stone usually for me, but uh, might be the way in which I'm I'm saying my own name. But um, yeah, no, so you know it's really cool, and and you can kind of find stuff. So at the moment, 
the the track you can get on Amazon um, that's on pre-release is um, is Evasion, which is the track we're gonna we're gonna have tonight, which uh, will hopefully give everybody a a good chance to to um, super cruise or hyperspace their way wherever they're choosing to go, because it's probably the the kind of um, the most toe tapping of all the things that that I wrote for this album. Excellent, uh, and we'll be playing out with that, won't we? So, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, just on on one other matter, I had a little bit of other news today, which was that um, uh, I'm in. <laughs> so, so little tiny me, thirteen um, year old me, twelve year old me, who was very into his role playing games and very into his Warhammer and very into his choose your own adventure books, um, would have been delighted at this. Um, so um, in November, uh, Aconite Books are publishing What Board Games Mean to Me, which is a, a collection of um, kind of you know, reminiscing articles from people involved in in, in making board games and uh, and role playing games and such like, uh, including Steve Jackson, Ian Livingston. Uh, Alesso Calvatore. Who are they again? I've never heard of them. <laughs> uh, you know, just, 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 you know, Games Workshop and, you know, fighting fantasy and and all of those things. Um, mm. Alessio it- Calvatore, who who wrote Warhammer Fantasy at one point, um, and um, Jervis Johnson, who who also wrote Warhammer Forty K at one point, and then then some other guy called Alan Strout, which is. Is rather cool. So um, yeah, I'm you know I'm absolutely delighted to be in a book with them, which is amazing. That's incredible. That's lovely that is. I do remember playing yeah, you know, a fantasy RPG. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, you know, one of those one of those kind of nice nice bits of news to get of an evening and, and look down the list of people and go, oh wow, you know, that's pretty cool. So yeah, little little teenage me would be very very proud. Uh, of uh, uh, of that, but yeah. So you know that's what's going on, um, and uh, it sounds like you've had quite a list of stuff to go through. Uh, all this advice, some of it, I, I've got to say, some of it's great for me because yeah, I'm just reinstalling the game. Um, so uh, you know, so some of the advice is is brilliant. I do think though that some that you picked out was perhaps um, tongue in cheek. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think you might be right. <laughs> All right, we'll quickly give uh, uh, some shout-outs before uh, the uh, our, 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 we get Alan's track playing us out. So, as usual, our sister station, Hutton Orbital, it broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in at uh, twitch.tv Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, just go to radio.forthebug.com. For the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, uh, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash CQC. Giving shout outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcast. So, hello to the Guard Frequency and those wonderful cheese loving loose screws over there in the States. Um, following this, we'll have the latest Galnet News Digest as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Happy Beetlejuice. birthday, Pete! Happy birthday to Pete. Yeah. And of course, special thanks go to all the commanders who have chipped in in the Twitch chat. And Chris Mark Four, how have, how have, have you had much in the way of social interaction? Yeah, there's been a, a few folk hanging around. We've had uh, William Solo, Helmut Grockenberger, uh, Epsilon Niner was in the live station bar. 
and I bumped into Ben Gohan uh, when I was raiding a settlement. We were both sent to kill the same people, so we teamed up and fought against the, uh, the settlement. I'm so proud uh, of you. And how, mu- <laughs> <laughs> and how much uh, notoriety have you got now? Uh, none, thankfully, because they were all criminal masterminds and they deserved it. Excellent. Right for some. <laughs> it was worth it. All, all for my suit schematic. Okay, so <laughs> special thanks, of course, go to Commander Tokuso, JN Tracks, and the aforementioned Alan Stroud, who have all created music that we use on this show. Uh, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can find the contact links in the home slash contact contact us menu option of the laveradio.com website uh, do let us know if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode uh, Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live so thanks to Alec Turner thank you Colin uh, <laughs> thank you to Ben thank you very much Colin you have a good one <laughs> thank you to Psychit Thank you to Alan. Take care. Take care, folks. Thank you, Colin. And special thanks, of course, goes to today's tech specialist, the Chris Mark IV. You're welcome. So that's it. Uh, Until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
Galnet News Digest, 18th of July, 3309. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Azimuth gets a lot of rum. The federal election candidates continue to campaign, even though the election isn't happening. And concern grows about the imperial mother. It's more likely than not that the reason for Azimuth's success in this week's appeal for rare delicacies to tempt their prospective corporate partners is their offer to give participants a newly improved, pre-engineered, overcharged, gimbaled AX multicannon with autoloader. And it's almost certain that the reason they were deluged with Harmer rum rather than mammoth meat or gillia weapons, is that the rum was easily available in consignments of 60 tonnes, while the other goods can only be bought at most 12 tonnes at a time. So, Azimuth finds itself trying to make partners almost exclusively by feeding them vast quantities of rum, which is neither healthy nor a great way of bringing large corporations on side. It seems likely that they will forge some new alliances... Aegis may be far more capable of developing new technology, but Azimuth has shown itself adept at engineering tweaks to existing technology to make it work just a little better. It was Azimuth that developed the anti-Zeno weapon stabilisers that allowed more AX weapons to be fitted, and what Azimuth is now proposing is a series of tweaked and slightly improved versions of the more popular anti-Zeno weapons, starting with the gimbaled multi-cannon. Azimuth has proved itself able to bribe pilots to help it, but it remains to be seen whether it will be able to recover from the public relations disaster in HIP 22460 in August last year. Azimuth, while attempting the genocide of the Thargoids, accidentally made the Thargoids immune to Guardian weaponry and enticed them to attack human-occupied space, resulting in hundreds of thousands of deaths and the displacement of millions of federal Imperial, Alliance and Independent Citizens. It probably wasn't the outcome Asimus then head Dr Caleb Witcherly was hoping for. Mind you, the death of salvation, as Witcherly was known, at the hands of the Thargoids a few minutes after his plan backfired, probably wasn't what he was planning for either. Curiously, well-informed sources, including Aegis's advisor, Siojin A, believe that salvation didn't entirely die when he was fried to a crisp by newly empowered but entirely ungrateful Thargoids. He is, they say, living as a disembodied consciousness in a distributed computer neural network, quite possibly modelled on Guardian technology. And if that isn't a loose end awaiting its time, I don't know what is. The federal presidential candidates continue to rehearse their campaign pledges, but the election has now been delayed twice, with the Thargoid conflict blamed for citizens being denied their democratic rights. The June election was pushed back to August, and then to the final quarter of the year, which could mean anything from October to December. President Hudson who's been disbarred from standing for re-election, will remain in charge until the election eventually takes place. 
Their candidates include Vice President Jerome Archer, former head of the Federal Intelligence Agency and creator of the controversial Proactive Detection Bureau. Shadow President Felicia Winters, who's best known for briefly taking over the presidency after President Halsey went missing in 3301. And businessman Calico Zach Rackham, one-time pirate and multi-trillionaire, whose dodgy business practices and man-of-the-people campaign make him an ideal outsider to take on the establishment. Canon Interstellar's Commander LCU Nofull Likewan has also announced his intention to stand, but having failed to gain enough support in the early rounds, he'll be a write-in candidate for the election itself. He was not invited to take part in the second presidential debate. Archer, predictably, continues to witter on about security and to trumpet his success in setting up the spy network that allows the Federation to snoop on its citizens. Winters criticises Archer's attempts to turn the Federation into a police state and promises that she'll spend wisely on public services to provide a better standard of living across the Federation. She will, of course, have to raise taxes to pay for this. Rackham plans to make everyone in the Federation rich. And although he hasn't spelled out exactly how he'll achieve this, he has pledged to abolish all taxes for businesses and for individuals. Perhaps the Federation will be able to sustain itself on the profits of piracy. It's unclear whether the transition of power from President Hudson to the new incumbent will be smooth or whether the Federation will descend into infighting and internecine strife. Will Archer and Rackham even get portraits? With a long delay before the rescheduled election, it's probably best not to pop that popcorn quite yet. Concerns continue to grow for the well-being of the Imperial Mother. A statement was released by the palace on the 3rd of July stating that Lady Florence Lavigny, the Emperor's mother, had suffered a medical emergency and that she was being cared for on her estate in the Fasis system. Since then, more than two weeks ago, the palace has issued no progress reports and the condition of the Imperial Mother remains unknown to all except those at the very top of Imperial society and their servants and slaves. No information for such a long period leads to speculation. There are those who believe the Imperial Mother is already dead, and that Emperor Arissa is keeping the news quiet in case it might weaken her hold on the crown. There are those who believe that she was eaten alive by the family's pet Ling Lang, which nibbled to death her first husband, Prince Aristide, conveniently getting him out of the way so Florence could marry her lover, Emperor Hengist, who is the father of her daughter, the Emperor. Others believe the Imperial Mother was abducted by Thargoids, and the creature being cared for by the Imperial physicians is a Thargoid, dressed up with a handbag and an awful lot of lipstick. Following the death of the Imperial Mother, will the Imperial Household really descend into chaos? Will the established Imperial Order with Arissa, Princess Ashling, and Senators Petraeus and Torval lording it over Imperial space come to an end? Will isolationist pretender to the throne Hadrian Augustus make his bid to become a power or have the Thargoids infiltrated the Imperial Palace, and will the Empire, in a surprise move, come out on the side of the Thargoids against Federation 
and alliance. As with the delay in the federal election, the lack of news from the palace suggests we might have to wait some time to find out. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, weary the news so you don't have to. (laughs) 